What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. I'm Juliette Hammer. It's really nice to have another reason to have you on here. The last time we talked was a little bit of a heavier topic, and I'm I'm really excited to dig into today's topic because you're just coming off of a, a season-crushing southeastern boulders. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I know this was your first winter season back after being away from Chattanooga for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I grew up in Virginia and then went to college in Virginia as well. So mm. my previous experience with climbing in Chattanooga was just kind of winter break trips and um, a couple of Triple Crown competitions. So I never spent a whole season in the Southeast. Yeah, that's that's fun. What what was your like the thing you were looking forward to most going into the winter season? Um, I think I mostly was just excited to climb on sandstone, I'd mm. say. Um, I don't I, I tried not to have any major specific goals uh just because I had no idea how I'd be climbing after 6 years of living in Colorado and climbing on granite. So I just remembered feeling really humbled the last time I climbed yeah. in the Southeast uh, the number of years ago. So just kind of had low expectations. The Southeast kind of has that effect on people, I think. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've been humbled there. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, that also sort of brings me to an idea I've been toying with, and I'm just going to mention it here so that it's out in the universe and then we have to do it. We should mm-hmm. do an episode on transitioning from granite boulders in the West to sandstone boulders in the Southeast and vice versa. And we could just trade experiences and you know what the differences are. Yeah. Yeah. I'd definitely be psyched to do that because I'm actually... Heading back to Colorado for a trip this summer, so I'll be doing that transition myself. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been a while since I've been back on granite, so I'm excited. Awesome, that's perfect. Then we'll we'll definitely do that. All right, before we get started here, can you tell everybody where to find you on the interwebs? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm on Instagram at Juliet J U L I E T underscore Amanda. And then my website is julietamanda.com. And what do you do at julietamanda.com? Yeah, I am a climbing and strength coach. So I work with climbers of all different levels uh, to create holistic programs to help them reach their goals. Awesome. And I'm, I'm hoping you have some more people reaching out after this episode. Um, today, we're going to be talking the what, when, how to train for Chattanooga area boulders. Um, I've always said that if Chattanooga had the weather of Waco tanks or, you know, several areas in the Western United States, it might be the world's best bouldering destination. 
but the weather tends to be a problem for a lot of people. So longer trips make more sense there, I think. And it's really fun, I guess, to get a, a whole season there. I've had one, though it rained most of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, the rock is just plain incredible and nearly endless. It's, it's everywhere. Um, and most people, I think, will think of the big three of chat bouldering, which is Stone Fort, used to be called Little Rock City, um, Rock Town, which is in Georgia, and Horsepens 40, which is in Alabama. So it's all in this little tri-state zone. Um, but there are a few, quite a few smaller satellite zones all around the area, like Zond, the Hospital Boulders, Dayton, Dogwood, Pet Boys, a, a bunch of areas around there. Um, I started going to Chattanooga for crack climbing in the 90s and Ooh. would spend, similar to you, like a few weekends every winter. Um, two weeks around Christmas that eventually morphed into bouldering. And now I've spent a fair amount of time down there, but it never seems like enough. Um, tell me a little more about going to university of Virginia and coming down there to climb. Yeah. So, uh, I started climbing when I was 10 years old, um, started as a youth competition climber, I grew up in Northern Virginia, so it was pretty far away from any real real outdoor rock climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I grew up in the gym, kind of went through a teenage burnout phase that I think is fairly common. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, when, yeah, when I was 16 to 18-ish, so kind of through the first year of college, I wasn't climbing. And then um, over over the summer between my first and second year and school, I, I started climbing again. And that's when I started climbing outside, uh, which was a really special transition for me because to me, uh, once I started climbing outside, there was this big, just, it felt, felt like everything clicked and everything made a lot more sense. Um, and just, yeah, felt like a good, uh, fit for me and way to, to motivate and, and have a passion for climbing. So when I started uh, climbing again in college, um, I joined the the university climbing team, and uh, the first trip I ever took to the southeast was for the Stone Fort Triple Crown competition. Mm. Um, which I will say, yeah, I've done a number of outdoor competitions and had them be my first time ever climbing in an outdoor area, and it's actually. <laughs> really fun because uh, yeah, there's just pads everywhere. You're just trying to get as many climbs as you can. It's always a good, good vibes, good environment, good community. So um, yeah, I had a great experience the the first time I, I climbed in the Southeast. That's awesome. I, I think the first time I ever climbed in horse pens was for a triple crown. And the first time I ever climbed at Hound Ears was a Triple Crown. First time I climbed in Boone, period, I think, was for mm-hmm. a Triple Crown. So that's really cool. Um, the question everybody wants to know is how did you do in that first Stone Fort comp? Oh, well, that's kind of a funny story. But yeah, so I competed in the advanced category, which for the women, I think, was like V5 to 6. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I had a really good day. I had a lot of fun. I was really proud of myself and was <laughs> initially disappointed. A, a little disappointed when I didn't place, but then later found out that the girl who won the category actually cheated. Uh, uh, yeah, so it bumped me up into third. <clears throat> so I, I got third in I the advanced category. I remember that year, actually. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 
So I got I got a free jacket from it, which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> and you've done triple crowns since then. Um, do you want to tell us a little about your triple crown history? Yeah, yeah. So I did a couple more when I was in in college. I did the the horse pens uh, competition uh, that same year, and then I think the next year I did. Uh, the hound ears one. So I'd done each of the competitions once and competed in that advanced category. Um, and then, yeah, coming back after living in Colorado, I kind of figured the triple crowns would be a great way to refamiliarize myself with the style. Um, nice way to kind of, yeah, circuit around, get a lot of volume. So I did the triple crowns this year. Um, and yeah, was really stoked to win the open category overall. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Congrats. I, Thank you. I I had a lot of fun watching the results every time they, they came out and psyched for you. Thanks. Yeah, it felt felt really good. Like things had come full circle to to come back. And um it was also something I never imagined doing when I was in college and, and yeah. competing in that advanced category. So it was it was yeah, definitely a really cool experience. Yeah. And then you, you moved back to chat, you said. So how long have you been there now? Uh, just over a year now, actually. Nice. Yeah. It's good to, good to have that like ability to cherry pick the good days outside. For sure. Uh, let's talk a little about the, the what of the area. Um, what would you say characterizes the climbing there for folks who have not been? Sure. Yeah. So uh, a big characteristic, I would say, of sandstone is that it creates good, comfortable holds, but not a lot of things kind of in between those holds. So not a lot of intermediates, not a lot of not a lot of features in between. So a lot of times um, it creates just big, powerful moves um, or even if you're on a slab still kind of big, delicate type climbing. Um, and then there's, while there is like a, a big variety of angles, I'd say the South is most known for being the steep South, having, yeah, these steeper, uh, thuggy, powerful mm -hmm. type climbs. Yeah. And I think, you know, the fact that the holds do seem to get a little more spaced out lends itself to this learning how to use friction to your advantage, um, either whether it's smearing and stepping on things that don't look like something you want to step on or um, being able to use really horrible slopey intermediates um, because the friction is available, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing I think that the South is really known for is that the top outs get really real um mantles that actually require pushing and might not have what a lot of gym, gym climbers will even consider as holds mm -hmm. yeah definitely a lot of mantle cruxes there are yeah there are definitely climbs where the entirety of the grade comes from the, the mantle um yeah. so yeah it's a it's a good place to practice those skills yeah i remember you had posted um a video, I think, of Hustle and Flow. Oh, yeah. Is that right? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And I messaged you and 
just told you very briefly that I had actually punched myself in the jaw on that top out. Um, it was one of my first V10s, maybe my second or third. And I was just cruising and you do, or at least the way that I did it was kind of a big cross to a big mm -hmm. slopey hold. And then you mm -hmm. unwind into the mantle. And mm -hmm. when I was unwinding, I was like being so like casual about it that I wasn't paying close attention to what I was doing. And when I unwinded, as I came across my body, I hit myself in the jaw really hard mm -hmm. and was like seeing stars and spinning and my feet were just dangling while I'm, you know, half of my body's beached whaled over the top and yeah. finally got it back together and topped it out, but almost wow, knocked myself impressive. off the boulder. <laughs> any, yeah. any great top out stories from your time there? Oh, um, I mean, that boulder specifically hustle and flow, uh, it was kind of a situation where I, I, wanted to practice the top out so that I knew I could do it when I got there, but mm -hmm. never did the, never actually did the mantle until it was the sun go. Cause I got the advice of when you get there, you're going to really want to do it. And that's, <laughs> that's what will make the difference. And that was very true. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a dangerous thing to do, but it does pay off now and then. Mm -hmm, for sure. <laughs> um, the, you made some notes here in our, our shared document uh, that I think is really important to mention that if, especially if you're coming from the West where there's tons of public land, um, the South is very different. Yeah. Yeah. So the South is a ton of private property. There's not like, um, uh, yeah, a lot of the climbing's not on national forest land or national, um, or like, yeah, land bureau, land. BLM it's, uh, or, yeah. BM, yeah, exactly. Um, it's a lot of private property. So uh, it, it kind of seems like that goes two different ways. One is that the landowners um, will have you pay to climb on the land or access. Uh, it, it, it unfortunately can kind of create a little bit of like a, a gatekeeping uh, mm -hmm. culture where it's just like, yeah, you have to tread pretty lightly. Can't be, um, necessarily spraying about, about, uh, these areas, um, just because it's really easy to lose access. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the Southeastern Climbers Coalition, uh, is down there, works tirelessly with landowners, property managers, uh, to make sure that we still have access to the, to some of these areas. Um, so if you're down there, if you're taking a trip there, definitely consider donating to the SCC or going to their events, uh, those types of things. Um, you mentioned that this past season, uh, an area lost access. Yeah. So, um, it's kind of in the works, I'd say, uh, with the SCC, fortunately. Um, but yeah, it was, it's this climbing area that, um, is on, on, uh, I guess I don't know if it's quite private yet, but it's on land that's currently being developed <laughs> for housing. Um, mm. and so previously before they started building houses, um, 
I think it was like a major hike to get to the boulders, kind of probably a bunch of bushwhacking. But then as these houses started being developed, a road was built and it became a lot easier to then access the boulders. Um, And like I said, the SEC has been working with the property managers and um, it was still allowed to to go to these boulders, drive up the road, all of that. Um, but it just kind of gained popularity pretty quickly and um, got pretty crowded pretty quickly. And then I think um, some, it sounds like some folks were maybe just not being as respectful as needed and kind of causing some some disruptions, like just parking in the middle of the road, it sounded like. Right. or Yeah. And so, of course, the people who uh are living there now got upset and so the at least access was temporarily um uh revoked but yeah the sec is working with them i know there's a day actually maybe next week where the the boulders will be open for everyone um Mm. and so yeah we'll just kind of have to see the future of of access at that crag yeah, especially with a road going in while they're developing and, you know, it's got to create that mentality of, you know, get it while you can. Yep. Um, so I'm sure totally. that put a major strain on the area. And, you know, it used to be like in the 90s when I was learning to climb, you would see this noted in the magazines a lot where writers would tell a story about some scary encounter with a landowner or something. And and that clued you in to the sensitivity of the access. But I think as bouldering has gotten more and more popular and it's easier to find directions to get to a place and guidebooks to know what the problems are, um, that message has gotten lost a little bit. It's still in the guidebooks, um, right. but we we just tend to flip to what we want to climb on, right? Right. Um, so, you know, I think it's important yeah. that we mention those things and I'll have links to the SCC in the show notes and in the blog post for this episode. Um, so again, if you're climbing down there, definitely consider donating and finding out what the access situations are to any of these sensitive areas. Yeah. Um, we, we have a question in our document that's really pertinent to areas like Waco tanks where you might need knee pads or something like that. And the question was, is there any special equipment needed for the area's climbing style. Um, One thing that I think you need for Southern bouldering is extra skin. If you can somehow Mm. bring that, Mm -hmm. Um, the rock is like climbing on 80 grit sandpaper. It's fantastic for friction, but on, on slopers, you're going to be sliding and your tips are going to end up bright pink, nearly guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's a a blessing and a curse, I guess, where, yeah, you don't get a lot of kind of the, the sharp crystals or anything like that, where it can kind of wear on your skin in like one certain spot. So it does wear your skin evenly, which is nice (laughs) in some ways, but in other ways it's, 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 uh, it wears it all. So yeah, yeah, that's good advice. Yeah, and I think uh, one thing that may not be as pertinent today as it used to be is um, the brush type that you carry when you come to uh, these areas. Um, you know, if you're used to granite or limestone, uh, nylon brushes can be really valuable to get into those little um, cracks and crevices between crystals or in pockets. 
Um, but they're a little harsh for a lot of the sandstone in the southeast. So natural hair brushes are certainly the better choice for down south. Yeah, and I actually uh, remember last year the SEC did make a post about about that as well. Mm. With um, yeah, it, it does kind of just wear down the holds, and and uh, the nylon brushes will wear down the holds, and um, yeah, just wear them a lot quicker. So uh, yeah, when possible, definitely using natural hair brushes. Where do you stand on the slapping slopers with t-shirts tactic? Oh. Um. I guess I haven't thought about it very much, but it seems fine to me. Is it a valuable tactic, do you think? Does it is it better than brushing? Um, I bet it feels really good. I I personally <laughs> <laughs> I personally haven't really done that, but um I haven't either. Like I just a- remember it from <laughs> videos years and years ago, all these shirtless dudes slapping the boulders with their t-shirts. Yeah, it seems like it would just be like a good way to like exert your energy. Uh, especially if you're frustrated. Yeah. I, it's not a thing that I do, but you know, if it, if it's a way to get your energy in the right place, go for it. Yeah. Uh, let's talk when I think the, you know, in the West you can climb pretty much year round if you can find shade or you can go up to a higher elevation. Um, that's a little tougher in the Southeast and there are pretty distinct seasons, right? Um, What would you say is the prime season for the Southeast? Yeah, I would say the the prime prime is probably November through January, sometimes through uh, part of February. Um, but it also varies from year to year, so it's it's it can be kind of tough to say exactly. Um, but yeah, I'd say the prime season is yeah between November and January, and then you kind of get these shoulder seasons on either end. So depending on the year, you can have a a really cool fall um, and get a lot more climbing in than than maybe in other years. Or um, same on the other end, sometimes it just stays cooler for the spring and you get a really good spring season. But sometimes you don't. Uh, sometimes it's really rainy, a rainy fall or a rainy spring, or it just gets hot really quickly. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, safest bet would be November through January. And if you're if you're a person who's got two weeks off of work and you're like, I need to, I need to maximize my time. I need to be the best possible two week window. And they're totally gonna blame it on you if they get rain. Oh, which yeah. two weeks would you say are the best? What month? <sighs> Well, see, here's the thing. <laughs> this this past this past year, um, everyone was in town for New Year's because that's yeah. when everyone had. It. So yeah, I guess the two week period is between Christmas and New Year's, and unfortunately, it was like the worst two week window of the season, mm-hmm. uh, and everyone ended up in the gym on New Year's Eve, uh, which is which is kind of fun. It was fun, but also everyone was like very bummed. So grumbly, uh, yeah. Some, yeah, it, it's really it's really hard to say. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess like <laughs> late December, early January would seem like it would be the best, but there's really no guarantees. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. I just wanted to put you on the spot there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I spent a lot of Christmas, New Year's two-week periods in the Southeast uh, for many, many years when I lived in Cincinnati. And by and large, I would say we got good weather most of the time. 
Yeah. Um, what are the things, if you're looking at the weather, if you're the usual climber constantly checking your weather app and looking at, you know, the wind and the humidity and all of the other things that might come into whether you have a good day bouldering or not, as if you can change those things. Um, what are the things that are most important to look at in the Southeast? Yeah, so I would definitely say the humidity is much more the bigger factor than the temperature uh, because you can have really cold temps, but then if, if it's humid, it, it, it makes no difference. Or it can be a warmer day where maybe normally you would think it'd be too warm, but if the humidity is low, things can still be really sticky. Um, so I guess the exact percentage, I am not, I haven't gotten that picky, um, but yeah, I think in the South, it's probably, I guess, yeah, I don't want to speak incorrectly. Well, if you're, if you're coming from the West, it's going to look crazy terrible. huge no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't get away from that. I think the rule of thumb is like if the humidity and the temperature add up to less than a hundred, you're good. Hmm. Uh, is is kind of the what I've heard. <laughs> All right, I like it. Um, yeah. Keep that in mind. Keep your calculators handy. Yeah. And figure that stuff out. Um, yeah, I agree. the The humidity definitely makes the difference down there. You're going to slide more. You're going to lose more skin. It's going to feel really frustrating. Moves you could do easily a few days before, you might not be able to do at all just because the humidity is so much higher. Mm -hmm. um, there's also the, you know, the situation where it rains and it's going to be more humid even though it's drying out and, you know, the sun comes out the air gets more humid as the water's evaporating, whatever. Um, there can be a lot of situations where you get condensation on the undersides of the steep stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And then there is the rain itself to contend with. Um, sandstone is more porous, so the question of how soon can we climb on it um, is a tough one, I think. Yeah, for sure. And it's something um, I'm still learning as a local. I guess the, the one advantage we have on the sandstone here in the south versus areas like Joe's um, or like Roy, New Mexico, is that there is a lot more quartz in our sandstone here. Mm -hmm. So it is a bit harder. It's not quite as soft as, yep. as some of the sandstone out west. Um, but I generally, like if it's wet, I... I don't want to mess with it. It's, it's kind of yep. my attitude. Yeah. And I think if you're in doubt, um, you know, if it's been a couple days since it rained, but it's still fairly humid, there are plenty of climbs that don't have in cuts as well. Um, mm -hmm. They're just big bulbous slopers that at least to common sense seem a little safer than grabbing little end cut cramps that could totally ruin a boulder if it breaks mm -hmm. off. For sure. For sure. So, so there are ways yeah. to hedge your bets, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and again, it can kind of just depend. And, um, if, if you're able to, um, yeah, get advice from the locals, I would say that's probably yeah. the, the safest thing to do. Um, because there are some times where it does rain, but just the way that, the, the temperatures go like if it if it um gets really cold everything can be totally dry yeah. uh and and totally fine 
um, because everything just kind of yeah, it it the rock isn't sweating, but it can go the opposite mm-hmm. direction where like maybe it doesn't rain at all, but uh, the temps um, kind of shoot up really quickly and then everything's sweating. You get all that so, condensation. Yeah, that's good beta. Yeah. Talk to a local, especially if you're coming from the West where, you know, there's almost no humidity and things dry out really, really fast. Um, it can be a wildly different thing in the Southeast where it might stay damp and wet for days afterward. And, you know, they're in these, a lot of the boulders are in these forests that kind of hold the the wetness inside of them. Um, so it can be tricky. Talk to a local's good beta. Mm-hmm. All right. What everybody wants to know here is let's jump into the how. How do we train for, what are the things we need to know to make sure that we have a good trip to Southeast boulders? Um, One of the things I find really interesting in a lot of areas is that as you build up and hit a certain level, there are going to be things that become different for you um, and that are required for you to learn. Do you think there are things um, in the levels from, say, V0 to V7 that change dramatically between grades, or do you think it's a steady buildup? Yeah, I think in the Southeast, at least, um, just uh, the way that sandstone can kind of, uh, the climbs that sandstone creates is that there is just a really large concentration of climbs between V0 and 7, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the best the best place to, to circuit at those grades. There's just so totally. many climbs, which is awesome um, and was pretty much like the opposite experience I had in Colorado, at least where there's like virtually nothing to warm up on or yeah, like you're warming up on V7 kind of thing. So yeah, that is one really nice thing about sandstone is there's just a lot of available climbs. So in that way, you're able to kind of pick and choose a little bit more, um, pick and choose which style of of climb you want to get on or if one doesn't quite fit you there's always another Um, and very often like right there you can turn around and see 10 other classic boulders yeah 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 the areas are super super concentrated um yeah you can just romp around all day and get on a ton of different climbs Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's one of the coolest things about those areas i remember the first time i went to waco people were like, it's, it's so concentrated here. It's so dense, you know, so many boulders. And I'm like, you've never climbed in the Southeast, have you? (laughs) Because this seems really spread out in comparison. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, you can literally like, it's somewhere like Stonefort, you can stand in a spot and spin in a circle and see 25 great boulders. Yep. Totally. Yeah. And then you walk 10 feet and do the same thing 360 and there's another 25 boulders yeah exactly (laughs) it's so cool um what do you think makes the difference as climbs get harder in the southeast yeah um so kind of as you start getting beyond that v7 grade um one there's definitely just fewer climbs um as you start getting into those harder grades so just fewer to choose from and then uh kind of like what i mentioned before is uh the 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 rock just lend, doesn't lend itself to a lot of intermediates, a lot of foothold options. So it's it is in a lot of cases that maybe the holds get 
further apart. Or, of course, the holds do get worse, but uh, I'd say the bigger difference is just the, the yeah, it, it can kind of start to get a little bit what I call morpho, where it just mm-hmm. becomes a little bit more body size dependent sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you, what is your height and span, if you don't mind telling us? Yeah, so I'm five foot even. And then my span is five foot two. Okay. And small. <laughs> are there boulders that you have decided you just will never do? Um, I try not to have that attitude of mm-hmm. never doing something because surely it is possible, maybe. Uh, you know, (laughs) I was hoping you were going to say this because I love this attitude. And I think it's one of the things that has made you successful is this attitude of, I'm not going to discount this just because my size doesn't fit what would be easiest on this boulder. Right. Yeah. So there's definitely, yeah, V7s that I might not do till I climb V13 elsewhere, Mm -hmm. but that's fine. Uh, (laughs) um, Or, yeah, climbs that I just know are going to be harder for me, and and that's okay, too. Um, But, yeah, I think think if anything, what I've learned from leaving the Southeast and then coming back is that there are a lot more possibilities than maybe I would originally think. Mm Because I know for myself, when I left the Southeast, I would say, you know, I had climbed I would say I was a solid V7 climber. I had climbed a handful of eights and maybe a couple of nines, um, but definitely was like the most well-versed in V7. Never thought I'd do a Southeastern double digit. To me, that was just like way out of reach. Um, Mm -hmm. And then coming back, my one goal was like, okay, that'd be cool to do a Southern V10 this this year. And then... um, (laughs) surprised myself and did many more. <laughs> yeah, that's what do you think made the difference? Um, I think that uh yeah, one I I was I was stronger for sure coming back, but I also just was a more experienced climber, was more well-versed in yeah, different kinds of movement, and then I think what made a really big difference too was uh, yeah, I actually moved here about a year ago. So I moved here in the summer, which is not the most <laughs> ideal. It's really hot, but I spent all summer in the gym yeah. and I, um, I climb at Synergy cl- uh, Climbing a Ninja here in town. And the I found that the setting actually did a very, very good job of preparing me for what I encountered outside. So um, yeah, definitely moves that are are more powerful, dynamic. Um, you kind of have to throw yourself around quite a bit more, but uh, which was really uncomfortable for me at the start. But right. yeah, um, prepared me well for for the outdoor climbing here. Yeah, I think that I think that the the like new style of gym setting with these you know big macro holds, big bulbous things, and not tons of tiny little crimps like there used to be in gyms. Um, you know, we hear folks constantly complaining that that doesn't prepare you for outside climbing, but 
it does actually prepare you pretty well for southeastern climbing, um, getting comfortable on those slopey holds where it's just friction and position dependent. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, being able to just fling yourself around is really valuable out there. Yeah, it's definitely very gymnastic type climbing here. Mm -hmm. And I would say that's, you know, there's some really good beta hidden in what you said there and that don't get discouraged if it seems hard to make that jump into the the double digit boulders, especially if you're a shorter climber or, you know, just harder boulders in general. doesn't matter if it's double digit. The, the jump from V5 to V7 can feel massive when you're at that spot. Um, I think if you have the opportunity to do so, spend some time on slopers indoors, uh, paying particular attention to the positions you're using. And if you can get good at like compression style heel hooking and squeezing, you're going to be set up really well for climbing in the Southeast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also kind of circling back to some of the, some of what you said um, earlier with that kind of friction, using friction uh, and, and yeah, learning how to use non footholds basically honestly like the the south has some of the worst footholds i've ever tried to use especially on the kind of slab climbing um which is another thing i think is pretty cool and unique about the south is just how how varied the terrain can be um like i said i know there's kind of this association with the south being this deep south and of course that is kind of like the quintessential style we think of. But Mm -hmm. I know at least from living in Colorado, it's like you pretty much get the same thing all over, right? It's like overhung tension crimping. It's pretty much what you get no -hmm. matter what area you go to. Whereas here it's, you can do a a full day of just slab climbing because there's tons of slabs and um, you can challenge yourself in that way. And then the next day go and only get on steep, climbing. So I think that's another really nice thing about, about the South. Yeah, totally. And I, you can't walk through stone fort without looking at space and Mm -hmm. wishing you could climb that thing. Um, (laughs) I've tried it so many times and never. Yeah. I, it spooks me out a little bit given that the crux is at the very top of the boulder. Totally. It's, it's way easier to just jump off than it is to commit to doing those moves up there. It feels tall. It's in this funny little corridor. It's, it's definitely unnerving. Yeah. Yeah. And actually in that corridor, that, that is where I did like one of the slab, slab only days. There's like, I don't know, I was falling all over before that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of really hard slab climbing. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, it's so fun to learn that style, I think. Um, and you really don't get that same sort of friction on other rock. So Mm -hmm, definitely do it if you can, you know, if you're out there and you have the time, it's a a really smart thing to do. Mm -hmm. Do you think there is a best grade in the Southeast? If you had to choose a grade, what is the absolute best? I'm leaning towards V7. Mm, that's my pick too. Yeah, it's, it's, there's, yeah, like I said, there's just so many and it's like, it gets to this difficulty where, um, yeah, you do have to really like focus in and concentrate and, and, um, yeah, be smart about your movement. Uh, but at the same time, it's 
can feel pretty achievable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, let's talk a little bit about like some of the specifics of down there and how we can better prepare for them. We've already mentioned that a lot of the gym styles really lend itself. So, you know, don't, maybe don't just spend all your time on the moon board when you're in the gym, actually do some of those bigger macro hold jumping around to big bulbous things, kind of climbing as well as, you know, lean into the compression style, I think will prepare you. Is there a way to prepare in the gym and feel totally okay saying, I don't think so, because that's probably my answer, um, mm-hmm. for the mantles? Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, those are going to definitely be like very specific and learned and, and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, getting on the rock is going to be the best way to do that. But yeah, if you if you were to prepare yourself or try to prepare yourself for it, I mean, it's definitely, again, just given how full body that the climbing is overall here and how full body mantles are just, yeah, uh, doing, doing some strength training mm-hmm. um, and just preparing your body to, to be as strong as, as it can be going into climbing here. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the the best way to prepare for those outside of actually climbing on the rock. Um, mm-hmm. I think once you're there, if you can, you know, if you find yourself being stumped at a lot of the mantles, then maybe just stepping the level down for a day or two and getting used to what you can get away with when you're actually mantling over the top of some of these things is a really smart way to go. Yeah, and and the nice thing too is there's a lot of there are a lot of practice boulders that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, one specifically that I'm thinking of is a uh, fish market. Man, um, such a hard mantle. <laughs> yeah. And there's also like a slightly easier one to the right. I can't remember exactly mm-hmm. what it's called, but it's yep. like a V1 or V2 mantle. And then fish market's a V3 mantle. And they're both super close to the ground. So it's like you only need one pad. Um, and I would say that's like a perfect way to to practice. It hurt my soul a little bit when you said fish market is a V3 mantle. Yeah. <laughs> it hurts everyone's soul. <laughs> yeah. There's also swingers, I think, is a, mm-hmm. a good way to That's learn true. what you can get away with. Um, there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them all mm-hmm. around those areas. Do you have a yeah. preferred area of the big three? Um. They're all they're all different in their own way, which is really cool. Um, I think this season I probably spent the most time at Stone Fort, so that's kind of what where I would kind of trend towards and, and choose. But uh, I definitely would like to spend more time at the other two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sort of the same. I've spent way more time at Stonefort than all of the others. Um, let's uh, let's take a quick commercial break, and then we'll come back. I want to talk a little bit about the differences in those three areas. Um, you know what you see the differences as, and then we'll talk some more fun stuff like the must-do boulders, what your favorites are, the overlooked classics, that kind of thing. Are you searching for a training structure that actually works? For over a decade, we've helped climbers prepare for their goals. We've seen patterns emerge, showing what's most effective for each level of climber. 
Those patterns became our proven plans, a training system that you can follow from complete beginner to V double digits. Delivered through our mobile app with workouts geared toward your goals and focused on improving not only strength and power, but tactics and mindset as well, each proven plan comes with a built-in group chat and an option to work directly with one of our coaches. We don't believe in a one-size-fits-all approach to climbing. You shouldn't either. All right, we're back. And I want to know, you said that the the big three are pretty different. And I agree. And I've always thought this is one of the coolest things about going to Chattanooga is you can you can have a, a pretty different style on really similar rock at the three areas, the three big areas. Um, so what are the differences in your mind between Horse Pens, Rock Town, and Stone Fort, Little Rock City? Yeah, so for Horse Pens, definitely the thing that sticks out to me is a lot of not all of them, but a lot of the boulders tend to be shorter. Mm-hmm. And so to me, a lot of those climbs just pack like a really strong punch uh, where, yeah. yeah, it's like two moves and then you're to the mantle or yeah, just a handful of moves and then you're on top of the boulder. So um, I definitely consider those to be maybe some of the more intense or the more intense area a lot of is the association I have in my head. I hadn't even thought about that, but you're totally right. Horse pins is definitely the shorter of the three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is nice because it's like, you know, a little playground, very doable with one or two pads. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can run around and, and get a lot done. Totally. For, sure. it, for me, and tell me if you agree, horse pins is also like the the more big giant sloper dependent of the three um Mm -hmm. you know we see the the photos of like centipede and millipede and you know it's really easy to be fooled about an area by the the main photos you see and then you get there and you're like oh it's not all like this you know but i thought it Mm -hmm. was i think Mm -hmm. horse pins really is like that Mm mm-hmm yeah, I mean, you definitely get a handful of climbs that have crimps on them, but yeah, the predominant, the predominant style there definitely seems to be, yeah, sla- slapping slopers, yeah, busting egos, that kind of thing. I, yeah, I would say, <laughs> yeah. I guess, kind of along those lines, Horse Prince probably has the stoutest grading of the three, too, yeah, the most it, sandbagged. It does it's seem like that add way. two grades to everything there. Yeah, and the locals. <laughs> are really good at sandbagging you. They will, <laughs> they can just do things in their gym shoes that seem impossible at first. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The, the locals who, who regularly circuit there will definitely have you fooled on the difficulty of things. Yeah, totally. And what about Rocktown? What's the, the difference there? Yeah. So Rocktown, I almost think of as, uh, maybe a middle ground between horse pens and, in Stone Fort, I guess, I guess, can I jump to Stone Fort? Yeah, do it. And then come back to, yeah. So Stone Fort, I, I almost associate more with more vertical type climbing, mm-hmm. a little bit less of that really, really steep. It's mm-hmm. like you get the, you get the slab, you get vert, you get slightly off vert. There are, you know, a handful of, of pretty steep climbs there, but I'd say the majority is just in this vert or off vert um type of angle so 
you do still get some of the 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 slopers and the big full body climbing, but I'd say there's also a lot more kind of crimp lines there. Um, yeah. And it can get, yeah, a little more technical with the footwork. And mm -hmm. that's kind of what pops into my head when I think of stone fort. Yeah. The first time I went to stone fort, I was a, a track climber way back in the day and it wasn't open for climbing yet. And you had to park on the highway up by the water tower and hike in the back and you came in the dragon lady corridor mm -hmm. which is one of the coolest little zones of climbing i've ever experienced you know just this little corridor with classics on both sides there's so many great boulders there and i was like well this is really cool but what's everybody making the big deal for because i was told you couldn't leave the corridor because the golfers might see you uh. <laughs> I was like, this, this place is tiny. Why is it so, why do people think it's so cool? And it wasn't until a triple crown years later that I came back and was like, oh, oh. it's mm -hmm. expansive. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, kind of in that same V zero to seven range is just so many rock climbs. So good. And rock town is a little more spread out. Yeah, it is. And I would say angle-wise, it does start to get, I, I would say kind of the majority of the climbs start to get into more of a steeper mm -hmm. terrain. Um, yeah, I'm thinking like Sherman Photo Roof and, and Nose Candy. Those are kind of two of the very classic climbs and mm -hmm. those those get steeper. Um, yeah, the rock is, it's just featured a little bit differently. I almost think there are more kind of crimpy type climbs there yeah it seems like there's this patina at Rocktown that creates these like iron in cuts mm -hmm. a little more often um but yeah i think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's kind of a blend of the two mm -hmm. yeah yeah so each area definitely has its own style and and people enjoy it for different reasons and um but yeah they're all they're all awesome yeah, totally. Uh, let's talk some of the must-dos. These are the boulders that, at their grade, are kind of the archetypal style for the area that you think really say, welcome to the Southeast. Um, V0 to V3. Yeah, so first I'll say that this was very difficult to pick. It's only, so yeah. hard. Yeah, it's only so one. There's. Hard. Because each of these, yeah, so I, I with these I chose, um, yeah, that kind of steep south style, mm -hmm. thuggy, gymnastic type climbing. Um, but I could also choose slab climbs at each of these grades that would, yeah. you know, similarly be, uh, you know, still the, the southern style. Mm -hmm. um, but I haven't done many of the slab climbs because that mm -hmm. is not my forte. So we went with the steep. <laughs> <laughs> And you can yeah. give some honorable mentions here. So let's let's start with V0, V3, and you can come up with some off-the-top honorable mentions. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, I chose Swingers, which is at Stone Fort. Um, it's a V3 slash 4. Yeah, I was um, going to say, it used to be called 4, I think. Yeah, I yeah, I, I think maybe the Triple Crown book called it V3 or, or mm -hmm. something, but I, I think it, it kind of 
can go either way. Um, but yeah, it starts just in a super steep roof. You kind of do some big pulls between edges, kind of have to uh, coordinate the the body tension. And it's called swingers because at one point you have to cut feet. Um, your feet mm-hmm. are kind of sucked in under you in the start hold. You get this like pretty bomber heel toe cam. Um, but yeah, there's not a lot of feet in between. It's really hard to like try and keep that tension or break it up in any way other than to just do a, a big rip, um, which is fun and uh, yeah, very satisfying. And then, and then yeah, you just keep, you keep climbing up and then you get to a, a kind of techie mantle. <laughs> yeah. Very, so. very Southern mantle. It's nice because it's easy to pad. It's, yep. you know, you're, you're not very high off the ground when you're doing the mantle. Somebody mm-hmm. can be right on you when you think yeah. you're sliding off. Um, so I think that's a really great call. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very fun. Um, my, my pick for V zero to V three is also at Stonefort and I'm going with Incrediret, which is in that front little warm up zone, um, Mm -hmm. right next to like main event and just around Mm -hmm. the corner from the wave. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like V zero or V one. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. which. But the thing I really like about it is that it for a V0 or 1, it's really technical. Um, mm-hmm. You're not going to get up it if you're just trying to pull down on all the holds. It requires some shifting of your weight around the corner and um, some, some interesting positioning. And then it's just tall enough to be a little spicy and get you oh, yeah. ready for the day. So I think I climbed that one probably five or six times every day that I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. That is, yeah, that kind of, uh, well, I have a friend who's like, are you a front girl or a back girl? Uh, <laughs> which means like, do you like to start in the front area or do you like to start in the back? Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, a lot of people are front, front people, uh, for that. Yeah. That first warm up area where you do get, uh, a ton of, yeah, V zero to three, uh, mm-hmm. in different styles and yeah. Yep, I, I love it. Uh, V4 to V7. This is this is where it got really hard for me because there's so many amazing boulders in these grades. Yeah, and I, I mostly chose the one I chose just trying to get around to a, b- a bunch of the different areas in the southeast. But yeah, I chose Golden Showers, which is a V5 at Rocktown. And yeah, it's just... Um, uh, kind of compression boulder. It's known to be a shorty nemesis. Um, it's kind of one of those uh, where it has some big spans, but it's just really fun, really fun thuggy climbing. And it does have a bit of a mantle at the end. Not nothing, t- nothing quite as technical as some of the others, but still a little spicy. Yeah, it's a, it's just tall enough that it feels a little heady up there, and you know the holds aren't jugs necessarily. Um, and you're powered down a little bit when you get there. So I, and it's on just an incredible boulder that just stands by itself right next to a Creek in the middle of this little Valley. Um, so in the forest. So yeah. yeah. It's so pretty. It's like one of the most aesthetic boulders. I yeah, think gorgeous. Uh, give me some, because I know there are lots of them. Give me some honorable mentions in the V4 to V7 category. Honorable mentions. Um, that could be winners of, on their own. Yeah. I mean, V4, like, 
for me, what comes to my head is TriStar, which I think a lot of mm. people kind of hate and actually don't really like very much. But it's just kind of, I don't know if it's, if it's, um, it, it, it's it. classic. It's classic. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's kind of a more vertical climb, um, kind of. It, it's nice because, yeah, all those holds are in the same kind of vertical plane. So you do have to do that shifting around. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more technical in that way where, yeah, you can't just pull down and get through it. You have to you have to really climb your way through it. Yeah. And that's in that uh, Dragon Lady corridor. And I think it's like perfectly contrasted with Dragon Lady also in the corridor. I think at the same grade, though, yep, definitely yep. harder if you're shorter. Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, I think um, the wave, which is a V six at Stonefort. Yeah, that's one of my picks like, for sure. Yeah, just such a cool feature, so pretty, and just climbs really fun. Yeah, and it's like it's right there in the front area, so it's it's really in a, a spot that will either bash your ego or make you feel like a superhero because everybody's walking past you watching Mm. you climb on this incredible feature you know Mm -hmm. so i think it's a good like pressurized situation yeah i think it's pretty acceptable to to struggle on the wave it's hard (laughs) oh totally i i agree completely but in the climber's head it might not be the same so yeah yeah Um, one of my other picks is tennessee thong mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. Also probably a tough one for the shorties. It's got a yeah. a pretty big span on it, though there's some really interesting, cool beta that I've seen um, mm-hmm. some shorter climbers use. Um, I For me, it's my pick for best V7 at Stonefort, which is a, mm-hmm. a tough mantle to take up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, there's a lot of V7s at Stonefort, so that's definitely... Uh, yeah, it can be hard to choose one. That... T- Tithong is is one that I uh, have not done yet and might take me a few seasons to do, but it goes. It's just really yeah. hard if you're small. <laughs> it's just such cool like angles and features. Hold, it yeah. looks like a transformer to me. Like every time I look at it, I expect it to like rearrange into some creature hmm. because of the interesting cool angles that it sits at. And it's mm-hmm. just so cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, V8 to V10. Yeah, so for this one, I chose River Dance, which is a V9 at Dayton, which is um, it's about 40 or 45 minutes from Chattanooga. Um, really scenic area, mm-hmm, giant so river. Yeah, um, and there's, yeah, just this gorgeous boulder on the river. Uh you if you've <laughs> if you've looked at pictures of of climbing around chat you've probably seen a picture of it um but yeah it's a pretty um it's kind of like a, a climb on an arete and yeah it just kind of lends itself to that compression buggy style yeah this was one of my first v9s and for sure my favorite v9 i've ever done um but it also did a number on my left knee and hamstring mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. still shows up today. So, mm, yep, yep, definitely a <laughs> high and intense heel hook for the left. Yep, be be yeah. ready for that one. Um, yeah. And also, you recently put up a video on your Instagram of Capoeira, which is a, a lower start. 
and mm -hmm. lower into the right start into river dance that goes at v10 mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. which is also mega classic and just so cool that little spot you kind of walk down into a little hole that this boulder sticks up out of um, that sits on the river and so cool yeah. Yeah. And I think the beauty of, of that boulder is that there are an, a number of different entrances into mm -hmm. river dance. And yeah, the beauty of it is that river dance is still the crux for all of those boulders. Yeah. Yeah. Which is rad. I think it's a pretty stout nine. I, I definitely mm -hmm. thought it was hard. Um, and yeah, just being able to do that last crux uh coming in from a number of different entrances still mm -hmm. is yeah the hardest part which is super cool yeah and river dance has um one of those like slapping at a blank wall moments um that i think show up in the southeast uh where friction becomes your best friend and it's not even a sloper you're hitting on the way to this other hold it's just a flat blank wall but everybody stops mm -hmm. there mm-hmm yeah, yeah. I think some people will just skip it <laughs> if they have enough power, but that was definitely not not the option for me. Ooh, me, um, me neither. Yeah, yeah. My pick is a bit of a cliche, but I'm going with the orb at Rocktown. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just because it's such a, like, uh, I mean, if you think of Rocktown, you think of the orb. That's mm -hmm. That's pretty much set in stone. <laughs> no pun intended from <laughs> from years of seeing photos and hearing people talk about it and how stout it is and arguing about whether certain holds are on or off and mm, it's mm -hmm. just this like centerpiece when you first walk in it's sitting there right in your face yeah um, so that's my pick yeah yeah um, uh, it gets a little thin as we get into the v11 and up range uh in the southeast and um I think you made the good pick here. Yeah, yeah. So I chose God Module, which is a V11 at Horse Pens. I have not done this one yet. Um, definitely on the list to try. But um, yeah, it's a it's a two mover, just hard two moves. I guess yeah. technically, like sometimes the third move is still a thing too. But um, yeah, it's uh, you, you start on a pretty good cramp, you get a nothing smear foot, and then you have to do a, a big generation to another cramp um, and, yeah, keep it together. Yeah, and not at all like the horse pen style, but I think we've seen so many photos, videos of it. It's such an obvious feature when you walk up to it. It's the, it's the one you have to pick, I think. Mm-hmm. Totally. All right. Favorite boulder. What's your single personal favorite boulder of any grade in the Southeast? Yeah. So uh, this season, um, the the most special boulder to me, it's called The Last Samurai. Um, it was It's a boulder that was put up by Nicholas Milburn in an area called Upper Middle Creek. Mm -hmm. um, which is just one of those satellite areas just in town um, on Signal Mountain. And it was special to me because I got the second ascent of it, um, nice. which, yeah, it, it was really cool just given how accessible the climb is. And and, um, and it had been, I think, four years since Nicholas had done it and hadn't been, been repeated yet. Um, 
And the style was pretty much not Southern style, which I liked. It, it was just crimping on an overhang, mm. tension, um, and definitely kind of more my my style uh, of climbing. So it was really fun to to get to work on a climb that had that higher difficulty. It's um, 11 slash 12. Um, and yeah, just fun to work on something in my style at a, at a, a more limit difficulty for me. That's awesome. Um, you have video of you on that one? I do. Yeah. It's on, it's on my Instagram. Okay. It's on there. Yeah. We'll have to, I'll link yeah. to it in the blog post. Yeah. Um, a question for you, you just said it, it had been unrepeated for four years. Um, I know when I was coming up climbing, um, it might just be me or it might be the ethos of the South. There, there would tend to be these mythologies build up around boulders. Um, and I'm curious if that still happens, if it happens to you, was it the case with this one? Um, where there's just this mythology and nobody goes and tries the thing because of this mythology. Yeah, I think this one, uh, I think it just didn't get a lot of attention. So almost maybe the mm. opposite where there there just went under the radar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think um yeah, m- many people just haven't tried it. Um and it's good. It's like a really good boulder. So uh I yeah, hopefully it gets a little more attention. I think it'd be cool if it got got some more sense. Um and uh, yeah, I guess this was also one of those situations where, um, yeah, the more sense it gets, the more settled in the grade will be, sure. um, which is, which I think will be nice too. Very cool. Um, my pick for my favorite is, I think the name of it officially is Brown Eye Left. Hmm. Um, it's in Rocktown. It's on the Big Bad Boulder. Um, mm. I knew it at just as Big Bad uh, eons mm-hmm. ago, but I think the actual name is Brown Eye Left, and it's just these really amazing pinches, um, you know, big wide sandstone pinches. They're exactly like this old set of Technic pinches that used to be in in all of the gyms, and um, they just seem really unlikely and improbable up this bulging wall, but it fits, it just works. And it's just a, a big off balance sort of throw to this sinker bucket jug that, that will hold water, um, many mm. days after a rain, just, just in case you're flashing and you know, it rained a few days ago, you're probably going to get wet. And mm-hmm. And it's a, a little bit high, so it feels a little spicy, but the top out is easy. Um, just such cool climbing. And when I was when I was first bouldering down there, I was very much not a jumpy dynamic climber. Uh, and this forced me into jumping off balance. So it just felt like this superhero move to me. Um, so holds a special place. Nice. Yeah. I will have to check that one out. <laughs> yeah, check it out. It's it's very cool. Um, let's talk some overlooked classics. I think in an area as expansive as the Southeast, there are lots and lots of overlooked classics. Um, let's talk some of the ones that are pretty easy to access, but people just mm-hmm. walk right past because of 
other boulders that they think are going to be better? Yeah. So um, I had initially written down Fish Market, which we already talked about, but that that boulder is right behind some other classics um, like Jerry's Kids mm-hmm. and The Big Much. And so I think I think it gets, yeah, walked past. Um, but yeah, and definitely. it's low. It's a low boulder, and you're yeah. you're there looking at Jerry's kids, which is a taller boulder, and it's really easy to overlook that thing. For sure, for but sure. it's such a fun session. Everybody getting pumped and falling off the slopers, and then frustrated by the mantle, and yeah, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, definitely <laughs> a must do. Um, and then I guess kind of sticking with Stone Fort, um, one of my favorite climbs is actually called the Mechanic. Mm-hmm. which is just uh it goes to the right of the wave so it, it i believe it starts the same in the same so. hold but yeah everyone does the wave and then um yeah the mechanic i know um a lot of people would say that it would be a classic if there wasn't this kind of dab rock behind right, it right but for me, coming from Colorado, where dab yeah. rocks are kind of the norm, <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? This is great. Exactly. Um, so I really like it. Um, and it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of that, that similar where it's steep, um, kind of powerful, and then it gets into this transition into kind of a, a techie slab pop out. So I, I really liked it. Yeah. And it, I'm really glad you put this one on there. This is one of my favorites there. It's, it's not super tall. Um, so it's not super scary when you're flipping around the lip of the roof onto that techie slab. And one of those that seems improbable until you find the right combination of positions for yourself. So neat. Yeah. 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 It's definitely, um, pretty beta intensive and, and also, yeah, finding the beta that works well for you for that one. Mm -hmm. I've got one right around the corner from there, almost exactly on the backside of that or the front side of that boulder, um, Mm -hmm. which is black carpet. It's a, Mm -hmm. a V4 that, that is often wet. So I think people end up just walking Mm -hmm. past it. Um, it's like a normal, like gym style climbing beginning. So it's really easy to get to the top and then it's bafflingly cool. Um, mm-hmm. so black carpet before right there on the, as you're walking in, that's, that's one of my picks. Yeah. That one definitely has like a deceptively bad hold too. I think when you mm-hmm. look at it from the ground, you can see the sequence and you're like, okay, I know what I'm going to do. And then you get there and you're like, oh, I can't even pull on this hold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, more stone for it. You've got, you've got several and so do I from there. So let's, let's lean into those. Yeah. So some of these I haven't done, but have have heard they're great. Uh, mm-hmm. One is called Simply Irresistible. It's kind of um, tucked away in, in a corridor, but it's got it's got that kind of parkour gym style move where mm. you, you get set up on a norette and then you do a big lunge to uh, yeah, like a seam jug and kind of have to simultaneously coordinate your your left hand slapping and um i think it's it's one of those that's like you can try it a million times and it right. kind of sucks you in where is this one i'm not familiar um i don't want to speak wrong uh i think it i mean it's i think it's towards the back probably kind of towards instinct mm. Mm, cool. maybe i might be speaking wrong though 
Okay. I have one in the back there as well um, <clears throat> that gets overlooked and the name is a little unfortunate, but Country Redneck Bitch, mm. which is V5. It's the Aret Rite of Deception. It's on the same boulder oh. as Deception. Um, okay. It's heady. It's really neat. And, and for the grade, I think it's a really, really cool boulder. Mm-hmm. especially to be climbing on that boulder. Um, if you're a V5 climber, if you're any rock climber, you have certainly walked back to deception and stared at that wall. Um, mm-hmm. And that aret is a really accessible way to the top of that boulder. That's cool. Yeah, I'll have to try that. Um, anything else from you at Stonefort here? Um. Yeah, I uh, again, this was one that was kind of pointed out to me, um, but I haven't done it. But it's it's called New Sensations. It's a V10. It's back in the Biggie Shorty corridor, mm. and it's just um, another like two move slab climb, kind of improbable. Uh, I think you do like a big stand up um, on a crappy foothold, and again, just kind of like almost that like part. Or, or like gym style climb where you can just try it over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. That's cool. There's so many of those at Stonefort. Um, maybe because it's close to town, easy to access. People could try things over and over and over for weeks and mm-hmm. weeks. But there's so many of those like you have to invent new moves to climb up this section of rock. It, it's so cool. Yeah. Uh, have you heard of six feet under? It's a V5. Um, yeah, I don't recognize that. It's at Stonefort. It's literally hidden in a hole. Um, it's you get on top of the cliff band that kind of runs the length of Stonefort, and then you drop into a hole. And there's this little like weird cave feature that you're in. And there's this really fun V5 that climbs out of the hole. Hmm. Um, so cool. There's a, a great video from Andrew Kornelak that I will put in the blog post here um, of Brian Voges doing hmm. uh, Six Feet Under. So super is neat that, one. Is that over by like Now and Zen over there or no? Where is Now and Zen? It's kind of by the Chattanooga. It is up in that area. Yep. Okay. I couldn't tell you exactly what it's above, but it is closer toward the like middle, middle back. Mm-hmm. So very, very neat. You should definitely go look for it. Cool. Um, anything else at the other areas? Overlooked classics. Um, yeah, there's, yeah, again, there's just so much rock. Um, but yeah, one, one that I put, uh, at Rocktown is called Blue. It's a V6. It's so right bad. just up the hill from Golden Showers. Again, maybe one that everyone's so focused on mm-hmm. Golden Showers and Golden Harvest that this one gets missed. But um, yeah, super good kind of techie slab slash aret climbing. Mm-hmm. So much fun. Such a neat little feature. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Um, my pick also at Rocktown is Gritstone Aret. Um, mm. it's just a, it's a V3, really fun, um, kind of hidden in a little spot that everyone walks around. Uh, it's kind of near, uh, Campus Punks. Mm. Um, 
pretty close to the orb and the vagina, that area, um, but kind of just hidden in a little spot where nobody goes. So. Nice. All right. If you had to pick, let's do two things here. Let's pick a favorite okay. area of the big three. Okay. And what's the best area to go to if you're in a group with a bunch of climbers of varying mm-hmm. levels? If you're on Christmas trip, with all your homies, where do you go? Okay, so I think my favorite of the three, and I don't know, this could probably change every season or, or every year, but <laughs> I, yeah, I always have a really good time when I go to horse pens, and I think mm. like the beat down is just, it's just part of the experience, and sometimes I just like to be humbled, so uh, horse pens, I would say, is my favorite currently. That could change. Um, and then, yeah, uh, going on a, a trip with a lot of different ability levels. Um, Stoneford is definitely awesome. It, it's got everything from V0 to there's a V13 there. Um, so lots of uh, a really good kind of grade spread. Yeah, yeah. I think Stoneford's definitely the best pick there. I think my favorite is Rocktown. Um I don't know. I just sort of like the more spread out hiking between the boulders feel of Rocktown. Um, maybe because I spent so much time at Stonefort and Horse Pins where you literally can just spin in a circle and climb mm-hmm. on new boulders all day. You never have to leave the same little zone. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a favorite satellite area? Um, that's a good question. Let me think for a second. I'm going Dayton for sure. Okay. I yeah, think Dayton's I was my favorite area in the entire <laughs> Southeast. Yeah. Dayton's definitely like, uh, yeah, it's definitely got that feel where you're kind of getting out of town, really mm-hmm. getting, yeah, into into nature. Um, probably most gorgeous scenery. Yeah. Um, I'd say I also really like Middle Creek uh, just because of how close it is into town and then also just kind of the the wild concentration and just that super small area is really cool too. Yeah. I don't think I've been to Middle Creek. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you definitely so. got to go. Yeah. Cool. Uh, favorite rest day activity because it's going to rain and you're going to have to take a rest day whether you yeah. want to or not. I personally just like to go sit in a coffee shop, get those cozy f- feeling vibes um i'm also um i guess living here it's it's just a nice to to get out of my house to do work and and go (laughs) Mm -hmm. go to a coffee shop do you have a favorite part of town you like to go to when you go to coffee shops um it kind of varies but i live up in the north shore here um and there's yeah just a lot of fun little streets that have a bunch of different shops and I don't know they're just it's just kind of a cute part of town Mm -hmm. all the shops are in like little houses and yeah yeah I've got the North Shore written down here for sure I think if you're (laughs) into doing touristy things there's the aquarium is Mm -hmm. is quite good Uh, I haven't been in a lot of years but I do remember Mm -hmm. it being good and then something my wife was really interested in when we were down there because she's from the west um, is the like civil war battlefields and civil mm. war history was mm-hmm. really interesting to her. Um, yeah, for sure. 
And I think there's also the option of exploring the other bouldering areas because there's so many. Um, take your chalk bag because you're going to want to touch holds, but mm-hmm. don't take your shoes because you're going to want to climb and it's a rest mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. So I think those yeah. are cool things to do. And and one thing my wife and I do quite a bit when we're in the Southeast is go to antique shops and things like that. There's just, you can find some really interesting and questionable things in <laughs> antique shops in the Southeast. So mm-hmm. for sure. I think that's a really fun thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when my parents came and visited, actually, we went to, yeah, one of the battlefields and uh, yeah, it is, it is funny to just remember Mm-hmm. that history and um yeah. yeah it's a it's a complicated history i think it's worth you know trying to wrap your brain around how this country became what it is and i don't know if there's a better place to do it than in these battlefields where you really have to confront um our our history mm-hmm. um okay anything anything else you want to say about the southeast before we wrap this thing up um yeah leave the ego at the door um (laughs) rock climb to have fun don't don't take it too seriously and um i guess uh, a little volume goes a long way with learning the style here Mm, definitely that's that's really good beta and you know i think leave your ego at the door is for sure the best beta for climbing in the southeast um really fun really frustrating uh if if ever there was a playground for rock climbing built it would certainly look just like some of these areas um we'll have a bunch of other extras in the blog post for this you know best guidebook gear shops gyms things like that we'll also have links to the SCC that you should be checking with and donating to um, all sorts of other bonuses we'll have in there as well as videos and links to uh, Juliet's Instagram so you can see some of her boulders and especially if you need the shorty beta she is the go-to for that Um, before we wrap this up Juliet will you tell the folks one more time where they can find you online yeah, I'm on Instagram at Juliet underscore Amanda. And then my website is JulietAmanda.com. Awesome. And if you're looking for how to prepare for your Southeastern bouldering trip, reach out to Juliet. She's got you. Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, I'm already looking forward to the granite versus sandstone conversation we're going to have in the future. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, and you can find us at powercompanyclimbing.com on the Instagrams, Facebooks, all of those places uh, at Power Company Climbing. And are you on Twitter? No. <laughs> Good. I, me. I like this. <laughs> Seems like a dark, like a dark corner of the internet that I <laughs> do not want to go to. <laughs> you will also not find us on Twitter because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles. This time, 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 this time
Radio Tilnario.